Hey Shay, Reese here. Been a while, and I figure I owed you a call in finally. Just finished listening to Dungeon Master's Diary 81, I think the most recent one is, and just wanted to echo the couple call-ins you had who said that uh, the last couple weeks you've sounded much more positive and upbeat, and it sounds like things are improving for you. That's great to hear, and I hope that upward trend continues. Um, next season of Roleplay Rescue, the idea of that focusing on yourself and your journey to rescue your hobby, I think would be really interesting. Uh, you've put out a lot of seasons uh, for us, and I think it would be interesting to hear one where you are more focused on your own journey and your own rescue and going through the steps of that I think would be helpful to others uh, who might be in the same position so I would 100% support hearing that sort of thing Uh, and finally Arlen's call in on solo play was really interesting to me Um, and Later on in the episode, I know you have had a conversation with him and are doing a little more, so I hope you guys share some of that in what you're doing, because I'd be really interested in hearing it. I go back and forth on solo play and whether I want to do it, and haven't yet. I tell myself that I don't really have time, but we know that's not true. I could make time if I wanted to do that and not waste it otherwise, but... uh, I think it would be a neat way to try out some systems that I wouldn't otherwise play. I've got Melee and Wizard fantasy trip stuff from the Kickstarter way back when that was all redone, and I've never really done anything with it, and certainly plenty of other little OSR games and things on my bookshelf as well. Or just a way to play through the piles of adventures and things that I've collected over the years using old school essentials which will be my go-to I think I've mentioned in the past just so they get used somehow and not just collect dust so I hope you guys share some of that I'd be interested in hearing about how you do it the tools you use that sort of thing Um, and definitely some of the procedural end I like hearing the process the dice rolls and how you're interpreting things to move through your stories Um, and not just a fictionalized summary of the adventure that a lot of people tend to post in the end without sharing any of the the behind-the-scenes stuff. Um, I've picked up a couple tools. I'd like to learn how to use those. I don't know what you're using, but I've got the Mythic deck uh, because the book didn't quite click with me, as well as the Game Master's Apprentice, I think it's called. A couple decks of those, a core generic set and a fantasy one. He makes others. And uh, yeah, I'm going to try and figure out how to use that stuff at some point. I think they may help me more than tables in a book. So we'll see. In any case, looking forward to hearing more from you and uh, the callers. And I hope you have a great day, my friend. If you say the real life ends up your days And you don't have time to play Well, midlife is the best time to start a new role-playing phase And you need a rescue Chase coming at you with a rescue A role-play rescue Chase gonna help my friend Let's sit down together Rescue!
rescuers! Welcome to Roleplay Rescue, the podcast about rediscovering our lost role-playing game hobby. My name is Che Webster. Big thanks to Reese who called in at the top of the show. It's a great topic and one that definitely needs more than one episode. I think it's a great suggestion to get Arlen on the show to talk about the solo stuff and how he does it, which is kind of what we did privately one Sunday a few weeks ago. And I would be happy to talk about my process with you as well. That said, I, I think I should begin with the biggest practical barrier to gaming, full stop, which is obviously making some time. Along the way, I guess I hope to share a few pointers on how I go about play. Perhaps further questions will arise from this beginning episode on solo play. Two changes in my life have opened up a larger than expected chunk of free time and I've been able to turn over some of that time to gaming and specifically chosen to turn it over to solo tabletop gaming. Have I found the time and why, having found some time, would I not just schedule it for more social gaming? Well that's what I wanted to address today. This is Season 9, Episode 3, Solo Sundays. It's no secret that I dabble with playing tabletop role-playing games alone. I've been talking about it since Season 2, I think. But that isn't the start of this story, because this tale didn't begin with solo role-playing at all. This all began with a very unlikely book that I read during the first UK lockdown in 2020. The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry by John Mark Comer is a Christian evangelical's take on the question of how to make life more tolerable. Had it not been recommended by my best friend, Reverend Derek, whom I know to be a theologian of the First Order, I would have never come across it. I certainly wouldn't have read it. And even having read it, I still have a few things that I'm uncomfortable with. That said, Comer's thesis is in the title, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. The pathway to a more rewarding and enjoyable life is, he suggests, through the removal of the rush and harried hustle of modern life. We need to slow down. Not a new idea to me. I had read a book entitled Slow back in the early 2000s, as I remember, and I have been pingling around the edges of the simplicity scene for several years, but I hadn't really acted on it all that much. What struck me was Comer's suggestion of, first of all, physically slowing the heck down walking slowly, eating slowly, allowing yourself time to stare out the window and observe. Secondly, Comer suggested I take back the Sabbath day, and here is where we take a detour into some basic theology. In Judaism, Christianity and Islam, there exists the belief that a seven-day week is built around the creative act of God, as recorded in Genesis. In other words, one of the purposes of Genesis is to answer some basic questions, such as Daddy, Mummy, where do we come from? Why are we here? But also more practical down-to-earth questions like Why is the week seven days long and why do we have a family day on Saturday? God is said to have created the heavens and the earth in six days and rested on the seventh. This seventh day is Shabbat or Sabbath and is practiced by Jews as a day of total rest from all work. It's a time for family gathering and worship. Early Christianity still honours the Sabbath day, but believing they were freed from the Mosaic law of the Old Testament through the actions of the Christ, Christians began to worship on the Sunday in anticipation of the eighth day, the day of resurrection, which they believe was promised through the resurrection of Jesus of Nazareth on the Sunday morning. What's that got to do with me? Well, firstly, I don't mind stating for the record that I am an Orthodox Christian. 
Britain is a missionary country and several Orthodox jurisdictions have churches here. Mine is a Russian Orthodox church based in Nottingham. I am very bad at attending church on Sundays, it has to be said. Comer suggested an experiment. Try switching off on Sundays. Take the day out from work. Take the day out from everything except for activities that are either restful or joyful. Turn off your digital devices. Put them out of sight for one day and see how it goes. Challenge accepted. I spoke to Deb, my wife, about it and while she declined to join me, she was accepting of my desire to try something new. I think her acceptance of my particular spiritual walk is one of the most loving things I have ever experienced. She's done this many times over the years. One Saturday, I determined that all chores needed to be done that day. That Saturday, I turned off my phone at nightfall, because the Jews, Christians and Muslims all agree that each day begins with the first sight of the moon and stars, quote, and there was evening and there was morning the first day, end quote. And I turned off my iPads. I asked if we could try the first weekend with no radio and TV, and Deb agreed to that, and I went to bed. That first Sunday was spent reading and staring out of the window. We went for a walk together, I cooked a meal, I read a lot more. I prayed, as ever, morning and evening, and I felt the tension fall away from my body. It was liberating. It was also frickin' hard. The next few Sundays, we adjusted. Deb would listen to Creepy Cove on her iPad downstairs while I was upstairs reading. Eventually, the TV returned to her day too, but I was fine being elsewhere in the house. The final step of change came when Deb decided that after cleaning out the rats on Saturday, she would clear down the dining table, usually covered in a tablecloth and towels plus rat boxes for them to run around in most evenings and mornings, and leave it, clear it for Sunday. In other words, suddenly the large six-foot-long, two-foot-wide table became a clear space. Whatever relaxes you and brings you joy is what Coma recommended. Fast forward to November after the reopening of schools in the UK. Kids are in classes of 30 or more, but not wearing masks. Windows are open in classrooms, and we are teaching at two metres where we can, but COVID-19 is exponentially growing all across the country. The government is denying that it has anything to do with schools and university reopening, in spite of data to the contrary, which the Prime Minister will eventually, in January, admit was, in fact, driven by children taking COVID home. The anxiety and stress of peripatetic teaching in a situation where one in five students was estimated to be, at that time, an asymptomatic carrier of COVID-19, overwhelmed me. I went off sick, and I was diagnosed with generalised anxiety disorder and social anxiety. It took me weeks of therapy and lots of time to realise that, in simple terms, being a frontline worker during a global pandemic had tipped me over from being merely over-busy to being overwhelmed. I had to slow the heck down. I remembered Coma's advice to ruthlessly eliminate hurry. I clung to my precious Sunday oasis like a life jacket in stormy seas, and I started to allow myself time to sit at the table alone and to play alone again. And that's when I realised the time had come to return to solo play. Solo means just me. Playing solo is not, as some seem to think, one GM and one player. Solo role-playing is playing alone. The idea formally reached me through the blog of Kenny Norris of Solo Role Player back in 2016. That being said, I had been playing games alone since I was about six years old. 
as it turns out, playing alone was always the beginning, for me, of playing at all. As mentioned in a previous episode, I used to steal games away from my dad's collection and play them in my bedroom. We had a big wooden artboard, maybe three feet by a foot and a half, and that would slide under my bed. For years, my folks would worry about what I was doing in my bedroom alone for hours at a time, and the truth that I was secretly playing war games and board games. Panzer, Risk, and The Rise and Fall of the Third Reich, a particularly detailed strategic war game set from 1939 to 1946. These were most often my choices. But I played lots of Dad's skirmish war games. I also began to collect miniatures, secretly though, because my father punished me for, quote, wasting my pocket money on toy soldiers, end quote. And as my role-playing game hobby grew, I would roll up characters and even run combat scenes alone in my bedroom. It never occurred to me to become a full-fledged solo role-player until I read Kenny's blog. Weirdly, I guess I saw the lonely fun of the Game Master in preparing adventure or campaign as taking the place of actual solo play. On the other hand, I've been well aware of solo wargaming throughout my entire life. One of my most cherished books is Programmed Wargame Scenarios by Charles Grant. Anyway, the act of rolling dice and playing games brings me joy. The escapism helps me to cope with an otherwise bewildering and demanding wide world. I find social interaction exhausting. I am highly introverted and it seems my previously undiagnosed social anxiety is the stronger challenge that has coloured my life differently to most other people. We live in a society that celebrates the extrovert and expects us all to dance to the same social tune. I always felt like the outsider. Outside of my gaming group at school, I never found connection with other humans until I met Deb, whom I eventually married, and even today all my friends are gamers. Other people never quite seem to understand me. There maybe are a couple, but they're very rare. So I started to use Sunday mornings to play games alone. This was, quite simply, returning to that early behaviour from my youth, finding solitude, escapism, recharging my batteries. It began with tabletop role-playing games, but in May I also cracked open some war games, and, well, that unlocked the real impact of solo play. You see, solo gaming isn't just about passing some time. It's about connecting to what you really want from your games. So, here's the crux. I believe that gaming helps me to connect to meaningful experiences with other people. Therefore, social gaming is important to me, vital even. Without regular gaming, either as a GM, my preference, or as a player, I would become isolated and all the depression factors would rock it. Work in the modern world is deeply isolating. We all have our targets and our goals. We are often pitched in competition to one another. We are permitted limited social interaction time with colleagues, but we live inside strictly enforced social parameters that deter meaningful relationships. We're contracted to work many hours and usually expected to work longer. For me, this is deeply isolating. And I can't usually risk being very open with anyone about who I really am. 
being a free-thinking liberal with a religious faith and a weird hobby, that's not good for one's career prospects in the 21st century, especially in 21st century conservative, small-c, secular, pragmatic, utilitarian Britain. Gaming helps me to connect to meaningful experiences with fellow gamers. It also allows me to explore alternative ideas. As a teenager, I used gaming to try on other elements of my identity, and by extension, I realised that, very largely, we become, in real life, what we show other people through our actions and speech. Role-playing allowed me to explore alternative realities and encouraged creative thinking. Ultimately, it led me to imagine my way into ancient stories and ways of thinking that are very different from standard modern and postmodern assumptions. Gaming led me to faith, ironically. But solo play lets me do what I want to do without risk. Playing alone, I can play the games I want and in the way that I want to play them. Despite the accusation that this is both selfish and narcissistic, I think the opposite is true. Selfish is forcing your take on gaming onto other people especially when they're not really wanting to play that way. Narcissism is believing that your self-image is the proper source for gratification. Playing alone means there is no audience, no critics and no praise. You can do what you want, how you want. Certainly there are plenty of people with recipes for how to play solo, and some of those recipes will work for you too, but in reality, how you play is something you have to figure out for yourself. Playing alone on Sundays has been liberating and deeply rewarding. I use the time in three ways. To try out and learn a game, to revisit games I've previously enjoyed, and to experiment with new elements or approaches to play. I aspire to run a long-term campaign solo, but that is probably a long way off for me. In truth, I enjoy the single session sat alone doing something that is pleasant and relaxing. I roll up or design characters. Rolling up involves dice and is therefore fun. Design is an intellectual exploration of a new game. I run combats. Whether a war game, a skirmish game or a role-playing game, I enjoy a good battle. It's cathartic. It blows off steam. It makes me laugh. And I always win. (laughs) Sometimes... I switch into building something in GM mode. A new world gets mapped, or a scene gets imagined, or I design something for an imagined world. But it's never stuff for a game I'm running with people right now. It's about noodling with ideas that don't require the approval of others. And then, of course, sometimes I do actually play solo. My tools of choice include the mythic GM emulator deck, Usually I use that as a simple oracle tool, but sometimes it is deployed as a narrative-shaping methodology as originally conceived by Tana Pigeon, the Mythic Systems creator. And I also enjoy the Game Master's Apprentice decks from Larsonus Designs. Both of these, by the way, are what Reese was talking about at the top of the show. The Game Master's Apprentice decks provide a variety of tools from a simple oracle tool through to descriptive elements. The base deck is very widely applicable, and the fantasy, horror, or SF decks, they add spice. And there are also Demon Hunter, Age of Sail, and Steampunk decks out there too, I think. But other than that, I quite like just picking a game I'm curious about and starting a new story. Playing to find out what happens. Playing to explore the world and the characters I create. 
freely imagined role-playing without the expectations of other players. Of course, Kenny recommends you do record your play, and he's quite right to do so, but, and this is very recent learning, I have realised that there is a difference between recording your play session, whether that's scribbled notes or an audio recording, the former obviously being my preference, There is a difference between that and then choosing to share that session with the wider world. The benefit of sharing is that you can inspire others and receive feedback, and sometimes this is good for me. But the benefit of privacy is that I'm free to play whatever I want, however I want. Lately, I am choosing to enjoy my time alone in private. But sharing could always come later if you have something you feel the desire to explore socially. And that overall is my introduction to Solo Sundays. These sessions have improved my well-being hugely. I am able to step outside my week and escape into play. And I can return to reality, recharged and refueled by solace. I can let my creativity roam wherever I like, without fear of judgment from the outside world. Why tell you about this? Well, because I suspect that you might find it hard to step outside of the brutally dehumanising society we have built around ourselves. And if you do, there is an opportunity to carve out some time alone. It doesn't have to be a whole day, of course, although I personally highly recommend finding a day of rest, a day to read, relax, play games, go for walks, share lovely food and be with your family, whether you're religious or not. When you get to play alone, you can explore the games you want to. Maybe it's an old favourite, maybe it's the latest release, whatever. You can roll up or design characters, you can play out scenes, run combats, or play an extended multi-session adventures, and you can do it all alone. For me, it's a much-needed step towards playing with others, and that is really what I enjoy even more. If you're enjoying this episode, please remember to subscribe to this podcast in whatever podcast app you're using. Roleplay Rescue episodes are released on a weekly schedule every Saturday morning, but being subscribed will allow you to follow along much more easily. Plus, you won't miss any of the bonuses. Anyway, thanks for listening. about it for today thanks to reese for calling in at the top of the show thanks to tj drennan for the music thanks to anchor for airing and distributing the podcast to a huge range of podcasting services and also for the backing music and thanks to you the listener for giving me your precious time i'd like to mention that roleplay rescue is sponsored by the generous support of a small and dedicated community of enthusiasts gathered together via patreon.com slash rpg rescue simply so i can say thank you to all of my patrons for their patient and long-standing support thank you that's a wrap i'm che webster this is roleplay rescue see you again next saturday game on (laughs) 